Hi, welcome to Global Supply Chain Week. I'm JT Angstrom with Freight Waves. Joining me today is Jeff McDermott, SVP of Transportation Management and Geotis. Jeff, it's a pleasure to have you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, JT. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, Happy New Year, relatively. You know, we've spoken back in December, so it's it's uh, good to have turned the page and, and kicked off the year. Excited to talk about some of the th things you saw during peak season and then uh, outline some expectations for for where we are now and kind of the year to come. So that'll be great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 2020 was a, a interesting year to say the least. And uh, you think you have a moment to uh, to catch your breath, but you know, here we are in February uh, preparing for the next peak season already. That's right, that's right. And so for benefit of the audience, can, can we first start off with talking a little bit about your background and how you uh, got into the role you are now? Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, first of all, uh, for those that don't know, Geotis is a, a, a global third-party logistics company, and uh, we provide services uh, in areas such as value-added warehousing, freight forwarding, and transportation management for our customers. Um, so in North America, as an example, uh, we operate over 50 million square feet of warehouse space, um, with a large portion of that in the uh, e-commerce fulfillment direct-to-consumer space. So uh, as an example, last peak season, uh, there's about a 10-day window where we shipped over 10 million packages uh, direct to con consumer. So definitely been, uh, been exciting given the, the year we just came from. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've, I've worked for Geotis for uh, about 11 years. I uh, oversee and run our, our transportation division here in the U.S. I have over 27 years experience in uh, supply chain, primarily in the uh, 3PL space and uh, started my career early in the days working uh, working on the carrier side. Yeah, that's great. That's a tremendous background and certainly will provide us some pretty rich content for uh, our discussion around things that have materialized. Can we talk a little bit about peak season this past year, um, how it built up, how it, how it uh, performed, and anything that surprised you, perhaps above and beyond the realization that, um, you know, this past peak season was, was on the back of 2020, which as everyone knows, was a very unique year from a transportation point of view. Yeah, well, we knew peak 2020 was gonna be, uh, the, you know, the, probably the tough, toughest one we had ever experienced. And, um, you know, from a, from a transportation perspective, the carriers we work with started coming to us in early summer and really messaging that, you know, you need to start preparing now and you need to get the message out to your shippers that we work with um, to, to be prepared. Because if you did not prepare and, um, and, and get ready for all the challenges, uh, you, you're probably gonna be disappointed in getting, getting your, uh, your product to your customers in time. So, uh, so we got actively involved. Um, you know, we started messaging out to our, our, our customers. And I think that, um, Many of those that um, prepared uh, well actually um, made some changes, right? They, um, they started looking at strategies to, to run some of their sales and, and holiday promotions uh, earlier in the peak season uh, instead of just waiting for that traditional Black Friday and, and Cyber Monday sales. Um, and that was very, uh, those, those companies actually fared better. You know, for those that really went into the peak season kind of business as usual and you know, the notion that that uh, parcel capacity was unlimited, um, they're the ones that faced uh, face a lot more challenges for sure. And um, I think when you look back, um, 
you know, in spite of things, the, the parcel carriers actually performed um, you know, remarkably well, given all the challenges and volume at unprecedented levels that they, they had to deal with. Yeah, that, that's an interesting behavioral change amongst the, uh, or at least a segment of the shipper and carrier, parcel, parcel carrier capacity side of the equation. Do you think some of those practices will uh, continue on uh, throughout the coming quarters and years, given the, the realization that you know both e-commerce is, is, has taken a stair-step level up in growth and that we might be in somewhat of a net new normal, at least for a transitory period of time? Yeah, I, I definitely think so, because the, um, as we all know, the, the consumer buying habits have changed. Um, we, all, we all know the, the younger generation were, um, were buying a lot of their, uh, their goods and products uh, uh, online. But I think with COVID, it brought in a lot of the older generation that may have been used to going to the retail store. Um, and, but now they realize the convenience of, of online shopping as well. So, um, you know, when you look at the new year that we're in, you know, we are seeing um, many, many companies coming to us saying, you know, we either need to enhance our uh, e-commerce strategy, or maybe met, some of them may not have really been playing in that space, and they're now really looking to to amp up their direct-to-consumer. But uh, everything we're hearing out there is that um, e-commerce is going to continue to grow, which means more and more challenges for um, for that final mile delivery uh, for the for the parcel carriers. Yeah, certainly. And, and that final mile delivery piece of the equation uh, has really exploded throughout 2020. I mean, there was a clear secular trend that that was growing prior to 2020. Um, but, but final mile carriers did really well throughout the year. And the expectation is that that trend will continue. How do you think um, the capacity side of the equation will um, uh, deal with that increased demand? Do you think we'll see uh, new operating practices? Do you think we might see some new logos? Do you think we'll see uh, traditional players perhaps not as focused in the final mile space starting to roll out uh, new initiatives, offerings, and divisions? Yeah, you know, I think, well, first of all, I think, uh, I think the big parcel carriers were expecting the volumes we saw in 2020, but, but they didn't expect it to show up until uh, 2025, right? So they they all had their uh, capital investment plans uh, in place. And I think what you're going to see is that many of them are going to accelerate that. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to definitely uh, work to expand and, and drive efficiencies in their network. Um, you know, they're going to definitely be focused on how do they uh, deal with the, the residential delivery more and more efficiently because you you lose a lot of that density, as we all know, when um, when you're delivering to a home versus to businesses. Um, I, I also think that the, um, the carriers have a little bit of the upper hand here, so they're going to be um, they're going to be more selective around um, the, the, the business they choose. So some of this big and bulky items and, and things that may not be attractive from a parcel carrier's perspective, you know, um, they may need to find another mode, you know, to get to get delivered, uh, LTL or, or maybe even something different. But um, so I think that they're going to be selective. And um, I also think that it will be interesting on um, some of the pricing strategies that the carriers take. You know, are they going to uh, take some different approaches to, um, to try to incentivize shipper behavior? Um, you know, one thing as you, as you think about as well is just even simple packaging, right? Um, there's a big difference between 
shipping a uh, a box out that's got a you know nice branded marketing material versus the the poly bag, which may not be as attractive, you know, when the consumer receives it. But there's a big difference in shipping bags versus boxes when you think about uh, a cube it takes up on on a truck. So I think the shippers and the carriers are going to have to continue to work together to um, to deal with those volumes in the most efficient manners. But I also believe um, I also believe there's going to be some acceleration with um, with different carriers out there. Um, you know, the regional carriers um, and some of the carriers that leverage the post office for final mile delivery, uh, we, we saw them step up and take a lot of the volume in 2020. And I think that will continue as they grow and expand their networks as well. Yeah, that's really unique and interesting commentary. And, and there's a lot of there is a lot of great commentary regarding the the carrier capacity provisioning side of the equation, which I think is a really important element to think about. On the other side of the equation, can we talk about some of the behaviors you would recommend to shippers to ensure that they're prepared for this year's coming peak season, um, not just for 2021, but also to set up structural practices that they are to ensure that they're prepared for you know many peak seasons to come, realizing that this element of the space is going to continue to explode and evolve. Yeah, I think that shippers need to change the mindset a little bit. You know. You know, when you think about parcel, it was always about, you know, negotiate the best rates you can and give all your volume to one carrier so you can get attractive uh, volume discounts and, and incentives. But now that capacity's entered the game, I think that shippers need to consider more of a multi-carrier solution. And I know that here at Geodis, uh, we've, we've been using that model for years. And this last peak season, it helped benefit us because we were able to spread volumes around to different carriers. And if one carrier was struggling in one market, we could we could make a shift uh, to try to alleviate some some pressure there. So I think it's going to be, be a little bit hard for companies to say, well, I may not get as good of rates, but I, I have to spread my volumes around just to make sure that that capacity is there. And that's sometimes not that's not an easy task, because in the world of parcel, when you think about you know, all the integration from a system standpoint and labels and and consumer tracking and all those things, it takes a little time to prepare for that, to get the carriers added, um, especially in the highly automated facilities where you're, you're sorting packages automatically by carrier and, and, and those type of things. So, but, but I believe that that's going to, you're going to see a lot of companies look at that. And, um, you know, last year when they tried to do it last minute, a lot of the carriers said, no, we just don't have the capacity to, to take any excess volume from you. And I think um, you can see a lot of shippers look at that here early this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that outlines a really unique element of uh, the subsector is given the outpaced growth in the e-commerce world and also um, uh, the assets required to actually deliver um, these final mile goods it would seem like there would be, until the market stabilizes at a, at, a, at a more normal growth rate, a continued and persistent capacity challenge, certainly at least in peak season. Uh, given that, uh, do you have any predictions on uh, what may be in store to uh, help support this, this differential you know, prior to hitting that, that, that maturity phase, if you will, uh, to ensure that capacity is you know, if not appropriately matching up with demand, 
um, than at least you know being you know maximizing asset utilization and uh, trying to ensure you know target service levels. Yeah, I think um, you know. But one thing that, you know, if you look at um, what what happens kind of in a European model is these the notion of these act access points. Right. So where you have, um, you know, a facility that's in a neighborhood where, you know, somebody somebody goes down to the access point and they may pick up 10 different packages. Right. Versus uh, 10, 10 different deliveries coming coming to your house. Right. So and all that is around building the density. Right. Building density for the delivery for those carriers and best utilizing those assets. So um, that could be one idea that we hear a lot from the carriers out there that they're trying to promote and push is, um, is, is build that density that way. I also think that, um, you know, you always hear chatter about um, uh, one of the large e-com retailers out there who is uh, also doing home delivery, possibly, um, possibly getting into that carrier game where they could actually uh, potentially use some of their assets to, um, uh, to deliver their uh, other packages other than their own. Um, and that would be a, an interesting thing to, to see how that develops. Um, but I also think, um, you know, you think about this whole holiday peak season, you know, it's just, we've just built so much around supply chain and the costs and everything around that whole season. Uh, it gets back to what I said earlier, you know, do, does some of that need to change where that season is maybe spread out a little bit? Um, because putting so much during one time of the year is just uh, so difficult to manage. Yeah, yeah, and on the capacity side, it's always uh, it's challenging to to build the cathedral for Sunday, right? From an asset intensity point of view, because it results in relatively low asset utilization for other periods of time, and so there's this constant struggle of variation and demand. You know, you mentioned um, you know one or more large e-com retailers uh, building out their own uh, base load capacity. Uh, uh, base. Uh, do you think that that will become more common in standard practice? Do you think that might be a one-off? How do you think about that on a go-forward basis? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's it's difficult, as as we all know, you know. And um, but there is, you know, you see time to time. There's a lot of um, investment money uh, starting to enter this space around um, around final mile delivery. So I think there's going to be some money that's going to start chasing that, which gives you know, some more of these regional uh, delivery companies, um, some some money to invest in the capital that you need to to operate these complex networks. So I would think that that would happen more than, I mean, you really have to be a very large retailer with a lot of scale to get into this, um, to get into the final mile of delivery game, because it's it's a challenge for sure. Absolutely. And I, I think I think both e-commerce and final mile, and clearly both of those being interrelated are, are well positioned to be very attractive sectors for growth over the coming years, and and that's super exciting. I think with that, do you have any any final thoughts on your outlook for for the combination of e-commerce and Final Mile over the next you know two to three four years, and what your expectations might be? Yeah, uh, nothing but growth. Um, like I said, um, you know, consumers, um, you know, I mean, are the the companies that we deal with. Um, they're all about um, growing their e-commerce. Um, Trying to get products um, to their consumers faster, trying to put um, distribution centers that are a little bit more forward to the population areas so that they can offer that that rapid transit time. Um, you know, so definitely and and just really being more um, um, 
you know, strategic, like I said, from a, from a parcel transportation standpoint, you know, it isn't all about just cheap costs and free shipping. It's all about, you know, how do we um, um, get the capacity to get our pro product there when they need it and, and not create that dissatisfaction with the consumer? No, I think that's right. And I think it'll be, it's, it's a great end market to be exposed to. It's a, it's a great position to be having a, a service offering into. And I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch um, in, in a, um, a great market segment to uh, benefit from going into the future. So with that, uh, we're closing out. Thank you very much for joining us. It's, it's, it's great to see you and have you uh, on uh, join us for Global Supply Chain Week. And we'll look forward to having you join us again soon. Thanks, JT. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, so with that, uh, Jeff McDermott, SVP Transportation Management at Geotis. Thank you again. I'm JT Angstrom with Freight Waves. Have a great day.